When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to the Gains for Girls podcast. Um, today's guest is someone who I consider a dear friend, um, someone who towers over me in height. Um, he's an NBA player playing for the Orlando, Orlando Magic, and you might have guessed it by the shirt that I'm wearing. It is Jonathan Isaac. Um, like I said, he he really is a hero to so many. He has fearlessly and, and so courageously taken a stand that many of us would not take. Uh, check out the interview with Jonathan Isaac. Well, Jonathan, thank you so much for coming on. Um, first and foremost, I want to mention just how much of a role model you are. Um, not only, of course, you know, you're a best-selling author, you're a, a leader, you're a servant of God, but you're, I think, best known as an NBA player. Um, you play for Orlando Magic. Before we get into anything, actually, I want to ask you how your knee is doing. Um, what's that progress look like? Yeah, thank you so much for having me on, Riley. Uh, knee is doing great. You know, the season's about to start here really, really soon. So super excited. Looking forward to having a great year. Of course. Well, we will be following along. Um, I believe I'm your biggest fan. Um, oh. <laughs> I, myself, my senior year in college um, and dealing with all the COVID stuff, there was a lot of pressure surrounding us to control really what we said, how we felt, what we did. Um, but everyone knows you faced that on a much bigger scale. Um, that picture, it is engraved in my mind of you standing there and the rest of your teammates kneeling. And so I want to give you the opportunity to talk about that pressure um, that you faced during those times and what that looked like for you. Yeah, it's so funny talking to you about it because you know firsthand uh, what that's like to, to be the only one in an instance that is thinking a certain way, uh, moving in a certain direction that, that other people aren't. And so for me, that was kind of the highlight of my uh, early career of being in the NBA. It was 2020. It was after the, uh, you know, the tragic death of George Floyd. And we were ushered into the NBA bubble um, where there was just so much pressure, not, not even just in the bubble, but just around the world with the rise of the uh, Black Lives Matter organization and movement. And uh, for me, it was simply about offering another solution. Uh, I saw the issue. I saw the problem. I saw what happened to George Floyd. And as I listened to the tone and the rhetoric of the Black Lives Matter organization and movement, I never truly felt comfortable. Um, whenever I would you know, be talking to friends or something, and I'd say, you know what, I hear what you're saying, but I believe that Jesus Christ is the answer. It would be like, well, this isn't really the time for that. You know, this is the time for Black revolution. This is the time for, you know, things of that nature. And so I just never felt comfortable. And so getting into the bubble um, you know, I'm faced with this moment of being with my teammates the day before I decided to stand and we're having this team only meeting. And they're saying, look, we don't have a choice. The team already knelt the day before. We're just going to go along with it and every, you know, everybody, you know, be happy. And one of my teammates turned towards me and says, you know, what are you going to do? And I said, fellas, I'm, I'm not going to kneel and I'm not going to wear that T-shirt simply because I have another solution. I don't believe that kneeling for the national anthem or wearing a T-shirt is the same thing as saying that we support black lives. 
they're not synonymous. And so uh, I believe that the ultimate answer is that if white and black people collectively can choose to love each other in spite of the differences, in spite of the fallouts, in spite of the sins of each other, then we could have true change because we all fall short of God's glory. We've all done wrong. Uh, and it's easy to point the finger at somebody when their wrong is displayed. Um, but if ours were, you know, how would we want to be handled? And so uh, walked into that moment. I remember calling my pastor on the phone the night that night and telling him, you know, I, I really don't think you understand how crazy this is going to be. I was trying to detail it to him like, you know, I'm going to be a coon. I'm going to be a star. I'm going to be an Uncle Tom, be all these different things. Um, you know, people are going to come after my character and, and and the reason why I decided to stay in all these different things. I hadn't signed my NBA contract extension yet. That was up that summer. Uh, so that was something that was in the back of my mind of, you know, what could happen if I, you know, not getting another contract or not being in the NBA anymore. That was something in the back of my mind. And he said to me, you know, Jonathan, you cannot stand for God and God not stand for you. And that was kind of like the mic drop moment of, you know, I'm going to do with this. I'm going to trust God. I know that it's not about me wanting the spotlight. It's not about me wanting fame. It's, you know, it would be easier for me to just go along with what everybody's, you know, what everybody's doing. It would be harder for me to take a stand, especially with my background and something I talk about so much in the book um, is my struggles with anxiety and fear growing up and how that has shaped me and how finding my identity in Christ gave me the strength to be able to stand on my own. And so I went through with it. I stood. There was a ton of backlash and fallout, but at the end of the day, there was so much positivity and people understanding why I did what I did and believers as well coming together and saying, this is the this is the message that needs to be resounded. It's not saying that Black lives don't matter. It's not saying that what happened to George Floyd wasn't wrong. It's saying that this is the unifying message that can actually bring people together. And also that racism is not the only thing that plagues our society. We all fall short. We've all done things that are wrong. And again, if we are going to throw stones at a person or an entire race, for that matter, we're throwing stones from a glass house. No doubt about that. Um, I think it's so admirable how you didn't just come with a problem. You really did come with a solution. Um, that is something that's so incredible. And so you mentioned, you know, kind of the reaction, the positivity you received. What about from your teammates, um, from fans? Was there a lot of backlash? Do you think this was something that um, prompted some negativity your way? Yeah, absolutely. I, I I got a ton of it. And I have, I joke now, um, you know, people ask me all the time, you know, how do you go about dealing with the negativity? And I'm like, I got through 2020. Like I have, I have calluses. I, I know what's going to happen if I say something that, you know, goes against the grain of mainstream media. I, I know, I know people are coming. I know I'm going to get darts. Uh, but I've kind of I've been through it. And and I'm sure you I obviously know, you know, the stand that you continue to take to protect women's sports. Um, you know, you're going to get heat and you're just kind of used to it. And so but I wasn't used to it in that moment. That was like my first instance of it. And so uh, it definitely was hard to have your position, your position um, mischaracterized and people, you know, try to you know malign you and, and, and say you know wrong things about why you're doing what you're doing or infer about why you're doing what you're doing. And it was tough for me, too, because I'm, I'm on a team. You know, there are other guys there as well who were very emotionally driven and 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 they cared. And that was something that I talked to my teammates about. We had a we had a player only meeting after I stood and, and there were guys that were absolutely heated and hostile. And, and I understood it because of, you know, what happened. I understood it was a very pol polarizing situation. Um, the media had done their job of drumming up the emotion and getting people worked up about what was going on. And so um, I was able to say, listen, I respected your decision to kneel 
And I only ask for that same respect in return. It's not about going against you or your position. It's just about being an individual and, and saying, this is where I stand and, you know, let the cards fall where they may. So I, I've dealt with it. I've had my fair share of negativity. And then again, ro rolling into not taking the vaccine, that was another thing where it was like, I got a true taste of, you know, what, what people will call fake news and, the, you know, the media machine working behind the scenes to, uh, you know, push people towards believing or thinking a certain way. No doubt. Um, certainly something I faced through COVID um, being in college. Um, it, just like you said, it's not something you can prepare for at the time. I think now um, being in the position that that we are in, at least speaking for myself, you, you can handle it. You do know how it comes. But at the time, um, you can never possibly understand yeah. until you deal with it. Do you feel yeah. like some of your teammates, um, especially, I guess, talking about COVID, acted out of convenience, um, did what they think would was just easier, although they knew it was wrong. It went against their gut instinct, their moral compass. Do you think they they kind of caved to this peer pressure? Yeah, I, th I think that's a part of it. I think I think that's what that's what peer pressure does. You know, it's I, I think it, it it goes in line with our human nature. If you see a lot of people doing something, you don't want to be the person that 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 goes against it, even if you have real convictions as to why you shouldn't. And so, you know, I, I never get into like, and not saying that you are, but just even like blaming them or, hey, you should have did this, you should have did that. I understood full well when guys were talking about, man, just get the jab. It, it is what it is. They'll, you know, we get to move on. The NBA was coming out with all of these regulations. Hey, if you don't take it, you can't be with your teammates in the locker room. You can't do this. You can't do that. I understood those were measures to pressure people into doing what they wanted them to do. It just it, it was something that was so deeply ingrained in me to say, you know what, I trust God. I, I felt like I had a great understanding of the science. I had already had COVID in the past. I was speaking to doctors regularly about um, just the, the the growing science around COVID, natural immunity, all these different things. And then just the hostility in which people were being you know, ushered to act in when it came to the unvaccinated. And it was just something that was completely mind boggling to me. It was like, it was like, what is going on? <laughs> like, you know, it'd be one thing if like you're in uh, and I, I joke about it with my wife sometimes and just like, you know, once you take the vaccine, I feel like you should be comfortable and say, you know what? I've taken the vaccine. I protected myself. If somebody else doesn't want to, then they don't have to. Um, but it was like, I'm protected. You know, you need to protect yourself and me and all this. It was just it was just a lot. And so um, but I, I absolutely felt the pressure on myself. And I know that other guys felt the pressure as well. But I also there has been a level of vindication, you know, with everything that has happened and everything that has come out. And I've I've heard guys say, look, if they try that again, I'm not going with it because they understand they understand the science. They understand what has happened with COVID and 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 they won't be a part of, you know, it if it happens again. Yeah. No, that totally makes sense. Um, you've mentioned your faith several times um in the past few minutes, which I think is one of the most admirable things when you have an athlete with a platform, with influence, who's, who's prominent. Um, it's so admirable for me, I, I think for people across the country, when they talk about their faith and what that means to them. Um, getting the backlash that you get now, is it your faith that keeps you grounded? Um, speaking for myself, I know it certainly is. Um, you know, as a Christian, we already know the outcome. And so I understand who the audience is. We have an audience of one. Um, how has your faith, I guess, really shaped your leadership and your courage and the values that you hold close to your heart? 
Yeah, a couple of things I talked about earlier um, that my progression as just an individual and as a man, um, you know, I, I grew up in a predominantly black community. And when I was 10 years old, I moved to predominantly white community and I really struggled to fit in. I really struggled to make friends. I became very self-conscious about who I was, what people said about me, what people thought about me. And it drove me to great anxiety and just self-insecurity. And then I found basketball and I started to put everything into basketball. I got so good at it um, to where I was the number one player in my state, but I still struggled behind the scenes with um, this, this up and down of emotions. And if I play well, what will people say? If I don't play well, what will people say? And it was just you know, a continual struggle until I got to the NBA and I was still struggling with it. Once I started to walk down the road of understanding what God says about me and who I am, my identity in him, I was able to start attacking the lies that I was telling myself so often and that I was believing. And I, I can't say that that was all on my own. I have to credit um, my pastor, my church here in Orlando, Jump Ministries Global Church, Dr. Deron Hepburn, my family, my church family, all those people have been a part of creating who you see today and uh, um, sculpting and molding me. And so my faith has been just an absolute grounding. Um, it's given me purpose when it comes to being in the NBA, even with the stands that I've taken, I've, I've, I've come to understand that it's not just about me. It's not just about Jonathan Isaac believing something. It is when Jonathan Isaac made a decision to stand up, it gave other people courage um, to do the same and to follow suit. And when Riley Gaines does it, when all these other people do it, people need to see it um, in order to believe it, in order to walk it out themselves, because it is scary. Every single thing that I've done, I have been absolutely terrified to do it, to, to go through with it because I know the backlash. I know what's going to happen. Um, but I, I've been growing in my trust for God and saying, God, you got me. Um, how my pastor told me, you can't stand for God and God not stand for you. And so I try my best to let glorifying him be my aim. And again, not about fame, not about, you know, caring about what people say, but saying it is an audience of one. Whatever you want me to do, I'll try my best to do it and carry it out and trust you that you're going to have my back. And it's worked so far. I think it's important how you mention it's not like you haven't been scared. I think when people think of this word courage, they think of someone who's fearless. Um, those are different things. Uh, courage doesn't mean absence of fear. It means being scared, but still following through with it either way. Um, and that's that's certainly how I view you. Um, and if you notice... I'm wearing my wonderful Unitas hoodie. Um, I want you to talk about that. I want to, you to be able to talk about uh, what really prompted you to launch Unitas, what the, the name means. Um, please, I, I think it's incredible. This is something, and I've told you this several times, um, people were hungry for an alternative. I think we reached a point, especially a few months back when we saw companies um, taking a stand on these cultural and political issues that that didn't really make sense, right? We had Bud Light and I mean, the list goes on. You could sit here and name company after company, Nike, Adidas, all of these athletic wear companies even. Um, but you did something to combat that, which is so important and, and which is what we need. Um, and when I say we, I mean the American people who who are giving their monies to company companies that don't represent their values accurately. Um, so please talk about Unitas and what it is, what it means. Yeah, so the, the idea, you know, it actually goes back to the book. And so after um, after I decided to stand and, you know, the fallout, all that stuff happened, my pastor came over to my house and he said, you need to write a book. And he said, people know your stand, but they don't know your story. And that's where the whole idea for the book came about, wrote the book, Why I Stand, 
You mentioned it by the grace of God, it became a, a national bestseller. Um, but it it opened my eyes to there is a need. People, there there is a need out there for encouragement. There is a need out there for courage and people to be uh, inspired. And people are hungry to feel fulfilled in their purpose. All these different things. Um, and then it led to after I stood in the bubble, I got injured, and the the sneaker company that I was with, I no longer was with them anymore after my injury. And I went to my pastor and I told him about it. And he said, the same way that you wrote a book, you need to create your own sneaker. <laughs> I was like, I was like, OK, I, I get the book thing, but I, I don't have no idea how to go about making a sneaker. And so I started to go down the road. We were going to name it the Judah one, all these different things. And then it was like, you know, why am I only going to create this sneaker for myself in the same way that I, I, I saw the need as I read the Amazon reviews of the book? I'm like, oh, wow, people actually really did need this. Um, there is a need for an alternative. Um, there's a need for people to to give their money to companies that truly do represent their values and care about them, not just on a dollar level. And so uh, uh, we went down the road and I talked to my pastor again. He said, you need to name it Unitas. And he actually came up with the name because he was at the altar. He was praying. And uh, as you see the wings and the fire on your your shirt, um, it's it's a uh, it's kind of a memoir to the Ark of the Covenant. And how the wings point into the fire, all these different things. And he said, unite us, God, unite us. And he came to me and said, unite us, unite us. That's the name, unite us. And so uh, for me, like you said, it's just about giving lovers of God, lovers of country, the freedom to buy with their values. I want them to be encouraged about the values that they hold and to uh, have a sense of pride to say, these are my values. I know that the culture doesn't want them. I know that there are tons of people who don't agree with them, but that doesn't mean that they're not valid. And I can respect other people's values, but I need to respect my values myself and say, I'm going to stand on them and wear them on my sleeve. And what I hope to do with United is, is create this company that can give you stylish, high quality sportswear, leisure wear, and help you wear your values in the process. Well, I can tell you, I have the sweatpants, I have the shirt, I have multiple sweatshirts, and it is all those things. Um, I find myself wearing this majority of the days out of the week, um, not even ashamed to admit it. So it is certainly all of those things, and I encourage everyone to go check it out. Um, can we expect to see you in your United Shoes coming up soon? Yes. And just to, not the shameless plug, but just to help people understand where to get it, you can head to weareunitas.com and all the you know clothes will be there and this is seriously just the beginning um i have big dreams about the the you know athleisure lane and sportswear and streetwear all these different things that we're working on it's just the beginning for where we are now and so yes the judah one is is a reality it's a shoe that i've been wearing all preseason and i'm gonna you know wear it for this entire season and i'm excited about that sneaker coming we should be launching around uh, November 7th, between November 7th and 16th, where we're trying to figure out how to go about it. Um, but the shoe will launch. And, you know, I hope people can be excited about that as well. It is literally the first NBA basketball shoe with a Bible verse on the outside. Gotcha. And so there are five colorways. Each colorway has a Bible verse that's tied to it. And I'm just excited for people to check it out and get to learn about it. That's incredible. Of course, I don't play basketball, but I want to go buy these shoes. Um, I cannot emphasize enough. Stop giving your money to companies that hate you and that don't want the best for you and that don't represent your values. That is the quickest and most immediate and most effective way to make impact. Um, so thank you again for for taking the initiative and doing this, Jonathan. Um, you mentioned Bible verse. I have to ask you, what's your favorite? 
on my favorite Bible verse. Uh, it, it has been something that has that has just really spoken to me. It may, it may not be something that speaks to a lot of people, but when I talk about my background and the things that I struggle with growing up, um, the verse Proverbs 28 and 1, it says, the wicked flee when no one pursues them, but the righteous are as bold as lions. And that has been something that I've, I've held on to. My middle name is Judah. So I think about Jesus and the, being a lion of the tribe of Judah. The sneakers are lion inspired. So when you see them, you'll you, you get to you know, understand why. And but when I think about that verse, I think about what we're called to do and what we're called to be. And we don't have to believe the lies of the enemy that says we're weak, that says we're insignificant, that says we don't have purpose. But the wicked flee when no one pursues them. We saw people cave to fear. We saw people cave to media and what everybody else was doing. But the righteous stood and were as bold as lions. And I try my best to live that out every day. Well, I think you certainly do an amazing job of that. Um, last question. Do you think you could take me in the pool? <laughs> oh, absolutely. Absolutely not. I'm a terrible swimmer. <laughs> Don't say that. You're disproving everything I'm fighting for. <laughs> no, I'm oh. just <laughs> I'm, supposed to, I'm supposed to say I could murder you in the pool. No, I, I'm, say, I, I'm I would say I am a I'm a decent swimmer. Like I can I can get from point A to point B. I can tread water, all that stuff. But in terms of swimming, I I, I go nowhere. <laughs> well, we'll have to race sometime soon. I'll even come down. I'll even come down to Orlando for it. <laughs> um, I just appreciate you so much. Again, the stands stands plural that you've taken, that you continue to take, how you continue to be um, a servant of the Lord um, and truly a role model. I think we live in a society and a culture where we don't have that many heroes. We don't have that many people we can truly look up to. Um, but I certainly believe that you are one of those people. Um, and so thank you for jumping on. We are all going to be following along in the following weeks as you, um, your season starts um, again, I am one of your biggest fans. So thank you, Jonathan. I appreciate you, Riley. And likewise, listen, Unitas is behind you in your continued fight to protect women's sports. And so continue to do what you're doing and do it in love. And, and uh, you know, hopefully we get to a place where it all makes sense. It's rare to see people who, one, are willing to take a stand that goes against the grain, and two, who stand so unapologetically in their faith, which is why um, Jonathan Isaac should be a role model to all of us, young, old, boy, girl. If you play sports, if you don't play sports, um, he truly is one of the most admir admirable people I've ever gotten the pleasure to, to meet and know. Um, thanks for listening. You can check out the podcast anywhere where you get your podcast, Spotify, Apple, um, outkick.com. Uh, make sure you check out the Riley Gaines Center. You can go to www.rileygainscenter.org. Um, to check out some of the work that I'm doing. Um, lots of fun stuff planned this week, speaking at Harvard tomorrow. Um, so make sure you go to rallygainscenter.org to check it out. Thanks, and we will see you next week.